everyone, welcome back to the Perseverance Podcast. My name is John Thompson, and today, my great friend, <laughs> Dave Adams, is with me. So glad that you're here. Welcome. It's great to be here, John. Good yeah. to see you again. So uh, we're going to be hanging out, and uh, this is episode five, and uh, today's conversation is going to be, I think, uh, intriguing, helpful. Um, as Dave and I were talking before we even got on here, this is rarely talked about in most circles mm -hmm. and it's over talked about in other circles. And so today's whole conversation is what is it like as a pastor to actually lead during a sovereign move of God? What we mm -hmm. would say sort of renewal or revival. Now, before we get to all of that, uh, <laughs> let's just take a moment. Uh, Dave and I have known each other for a long time, but Dave, who are you? Where are you now? Why are you here? Uh, yeah. What was your connection to us? Some people are like John, everyone knows, but lots won't. So share. Yeah. yeah, it's great, John. Thanks. And it is great to be here. It's good seeing you again. Um, yeah, so I'm on the East Coast of Canada now, uh, pastoring a church just outside of Halifax. Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia, Canada. Yeah. That's right. And uh, loving the slower pace of life mm -hmm. and loving all the things that the East Coast has to offer. Um, it's a, it's a church with a, like a 40 year history, uh, that was, you know, one of the flagship churches in the East coast. And then just went through some tough times, you yeah. know, for a, for a season. And as you know, the Lord has used me in the past to yes. uh, rebuild and restart and uh -huh. re and to help some things. And so that's why, that's why I believe I'm there. You know, the Lord has called us to be there. Uh, loving it, life, loving life there. And it's really, really good. And for the people who wouldn't know. <laughs> What did we do? Yeah, together? so we worked together here. Um, I remember you and I had a conversation oh, a long time ago because uh, we worked together for 12 years. Yes, we did. Uh, and uh, I initially came on as your executive pastor Yes. Uh, to bring about some change. <laughs> some <laughs> much needed. Small little change. <laughs> some much needed change. Massive change, change yes. Right. And then by design, because uh, we talked about it the yep. early, about two years into it, we sort of co-led. Yeah. became sort of co-lead pastors, I think was yep. our title. Yep. Um, you were preaching and vision and yep. I was all things implementation. Yes. Prompting to planning. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and you know did a couple strategic plans together, yep. uh, and then of course what we're going to talk about today, you know, saw the Lord move in some really unique ways, um, unexpected, the kind of things mm -hmm. you can't plan for. Yeah, uh, and so you know that's uh, that's it. But my background, uh, as you know, is in it was in the business world. I always wanted to be in the business world. Right. Went to school, went to U of T uh, for that, and was happy. Very happy uh, living life uh, in Mississauga, in the Oakville area of uh, on the west side of Toronto. Yeah. And the little church that I was a part of, 130 people in this church, and uh, myself and the brand new senior pastor started praying every week together. Right. And God began to stir in just a profound, profound way in the middle of that little church uh, over a two to three month period. Uh, 60 people in a church of 120. So that's 50% yeah. got saved. Yeah. So like outside, radically saved. Radically all saved. These, all the Holy Spirit just putting, you know, just, I remember visiting people who were like one minute sitting there saying, no, no, I don't, I, I don't agree with this Christianity stuff. And the next minute, literally the next minute, Holy Spirit would just fall and they would just weep. Yeah. And, and just come to faith, converted. radically saved. And I remember the yeah. early days us talking about this. So you're in the business world, you're up <laughs> doing very well in the corporate ladder, yeah. financially yeah. doing great, yeah. being offered jobs like in other places, I think down in the United States. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and, and then I remember distinctly you and I, when we we're getting to know each other and then, uh, start talking about this, which we'll get into more during this sovereign period in this little church, a very conservative church, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, like, very much so. Yeah, very conservative, yeah. not charismatic, not Pentecostal. Oh no, not at all. No, 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 no. no, no, no. <laughs> yes, okay. Uh, and in in the middle of that, you being at work, I remember you talking about being at your yeah. desk. Oh yeah. And and what would happen to you at the desk? Yeah, I was. You know, I would uh, take a break for lunch. Sure. And and I would eat in in my office. Uh, just the setup was was like that. Yeah. And and I would I would I would begin to pray. And then, and then all of a sudden I had this sense of the nearness and the presence and the Holy Spirit's, the holiness of God. Right. And, and I'd end up my whole lunch hour on my knees weeping before the Lord. Yes. And I'd be praying for the people that in, in, you know, that I worked with, the people alongside, the people who reported to me, the people out in the plant that worked there. And, and it just didn't happen once. This was like 
regular occurrence it would happen. And myself and the pastor, we would be meeting, we used to meet on Friday nights just to pray, because we didn't know what we were doing. No, I was of like, course. I was like 30 years old, right. <laughs> helping to lead a church, and I had right. no idea what and I was, was doing. And he was young too, right, the pastor? Oh, it was his first pastorate. Yeah. And, <laughs> Welcome to the deep end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and made tons of mistakes, like yeah. every young leader does. Yep. But, uh, and then the Lord graciously added another guy to our group, and the three of us used to meet every Friday night and pray, and oftentimes the Lord would just show up. Just unexpectedly, he would just show up with a, you know, a burden. I remember us praying for a woman that he'd visited in the hospital who he went in to visit and she was out cold. She was comatose. And he had this strong burden and sense that he was supposed to, we were supposed to pray for her salvation. Right. So he saw her, I think, on the Friday. We prayed Friday night. Right. And, uh, and the Lord wouldn't let us stop praying. For two hours, we just prayed for her. Mm. Just her salvation. We just wept before God. We pleaded, you know, before the throne for this woman. Mm. And then the Lord said, you're done. Yeah. And it just, it ended like that. Yeah. He went in the next day. She was sitting up in her bed. He led her to Christ. And that weekend she died. She died. So interesting. It's crazy. In that, in that moment, in this small conservative church, the spirit of God shows up in great power. We're not even at Sanctus yet. We're not even at C4 yet. <laughs> oh, we're, we're still with David 30. I'm still happy. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm right. still enjoying life, That's John. right. You're way back there. Now, and then in that also, and this is different part of the conversation, not for this podcast, but that that's connected to your calling story coming oh, into ministry. Oh, very much so. Like, I was up at like five in the morning uh, and the scripture alive, and I, I was profoundly impacted every day by the reading of the scripture. And then, yeah, we could talk about it another time. Then one day the Lord just showed up and said, and, and said to me, this is it. You, I'm calling you yeah. in the ministry. As, as we say, because uh, I'm, I'm doing a podcast soon with Holly about calling theology okay. Okay. and calling styles. You, you and I both have that. We had no choice calling. <laughs> there was no choice. The, there was the there Jeremiah, Paul, John the Baptist. Oh, crap. This is happening and we're Absolutely. Done. And yeah. then convincing your wife. Well, yes, because I do remember. <laughs> this is brilliant. We're, we're going to have an extended conversation here. So uh, wherever you are, sit back and listen. Uh, but I do remember you going to your wife, who's an awesome woman, and her basically saying, what did she say? I married an accountant. She said, I didn't marry a pastor. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> she said, I, I married a business guy. I married an accountant. She, she had grown up in the church from a young girl. So there were all these expectations of the pastor's wife and the pastor's children and all of these things. And thank God we had some really wise mentors in our lives who, who just said, no, this is a call from God and you don't have to let that, you know, you know stop this call. But it was a process. Jen, sure. Jen worked through the process. Sure, of course. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So that takes place. Uh, and fast forward years later, you and I are actually sitting at a very a bougie mall called Yorkdale. <laughs> yes. And anyone in Toronto knows about it. At, it's, it's where I hang out with my wife sometimes. Dave does not hang out. I don't hang out there. there. Anyway, and uh, we were having lunch together, and Dave had been in ministry for years by that point. I had been praying uh, that uh, an executive pastor could come. And anyway, a whole amazing set of stories. So you joined the staff, and we start the very hard, long process of reorienting the church. This right. would be the second time in my run here. Yeah, and um, and so you're you're there, and we begin to experience some things. So before we get into the story, uh, which I'm going to think is going to be so helpful to so many, I just want to pause mm -hmm. and say um, if you didn't listen to the episode. Uh, that I talked about a theology revival, I'd like you to just stop and go listen to that. Yeah. Because what I did in a former episode is I talked through what the scriptures say, because around here, Dave and I started using three words. We started using renewal, revival, oh, and awakening. awakening yeah. Renewal yeah. is when you personally have life duplicated again. You first love mm -hmm. Jesus. It's it's you centric, you and Jesus, and you can have a renewal and nothing's happening in the church. Right. Revival is a sovereign started act of God where the whole community is affected. The things of God uh, become like desired. You run to communion, you run yeah. to confession, right. you want to worship the scriptures, as you said, come alive. Spiritual gifts don't necessarily show up, but they're lit up in power. That's right, yeah. Um, but there isn't mass conversion. Awakening is when revival spills beyond the local church. Right. And actually in your little church, yeah. you experienced renewal. Yes. Revival broke out in your church because you, you, and we didn't talk about it, but in your services in that little church, yes. worship and yeah, yeah. the presence of Jesus and just confession of sin, but then mass conversions. That's right. Exactly. And I think it's important, you know, to, to, to let folks know that as we began to see the early renewal days, which you're going to get into in a second, I imagine, but but it was then that that we went to historic revivals, right? And and that's where you know we sort of gleaned the 
there seems to be this, you know, this renewal that happens and then the revival and then the awakening. And, and, and we did a lot of reading on it. We had a lot of conversations around what had happened in the New Hebrides, in the Welsh revival, sure. in other places in, you know, one yeah, of my yeah. loves, India, yeah, you in know, Punjab, right? yeah, in the Punjab yeah. and, and those kinds of things. So, so, so we, we gleaned, you know, some of this and kind of like uh, sort of exegeted it for our time and right. our season, you know? Yeah, it's so, so significant because in the last episode, I talked about how uh, you, can't, you can't invent revival and right. you can't contend for revival. Uh, was, a lot of people just got really angry when I just said that. <laughs> and hold on, you yeah. can contend for revival, but you can't contend for it at the beginning. So we're going to talk about that yeah. because, you know, Dave and I, out of all of our experiences, but I think theologically our conviction is that like the new, um, the best description sort of a revival is the transfiguration. Mm -hmm. Peter, James, and John walk with Jesus for you know, almost three years. Yes. Legion, feeding of the 5,000, feeding of the four, like all sorts of incredible things. Jesus has come up the mountain. He's the one who does the invitation. Right. They just follow him. Then there's the sovereign thing. You know, Peter, James, and John see Jesus, Moses, Elijah, more than any Jew had seen. Of course, Peter wants to build tents there. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, yeah. there's all of that. Yeah. And then they have to go back down to Romans, inability to cast out demons. And like I said in the last episode, I think I cried for 15 minutes at the end of it, and we'll probably end up crying at this one too, <laughs> is that uh, God sovereignly starts them, God sovereignly sustains them, and God sovereignly ends them. Right. And it actually propels you out for some long things. Right. Absolutely. So, so as we get going... We both get concerned when we hear people say you need to contend for a revival, like if you contend a lot, then it comes, mm -hmm. versus something different. So right. uh, this is how we'll begin. Sure. Uh, so Dave and I are on staff together running uh, a fairly large church at that moment. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it got much larger later. We're at one service at one site. Yes. Uh, much later, it will be multiple services, multiple sites, mm -hmm. uh, et cetera. And um, I have an experience that is really unexpected. So I'm at home and yeah. I'm doing devotions at night. This is when my kids were younger. And so my devotion times were at like 10 o'clock at night when people were asleep for an hour. <laughs> uh, and I remember, um, I think the television was on or there was worship music in the background and I was just praying. It wasn't spectacular, wasn't incredible. You know, as we jokingly said, Gabriel was in the room, there was no fire tunnels. I was just, <laughs> you know, just reading my NIV Bible. Or, or, or No, I was praying, wasn't even reading my NIV Bible. And then uh, an experience takes place where as I'm praying, the only language I can use is a heaviness Right. Not walked into the room, descended on the room. Yes. This incredible, and of course, I didn't know back then that when you read about the Shekinah glory of God, it actually means weight or heaviness. There's mm -hmm. a connection. Right. So I remember this incredible weight and uh, um, coming into the room, f in uh, falling f into the room. I remember getting on the ground. Um, that's not even fair. I almost, I didn't fall over, but I got down quick. Yeah. And yeah. being overwhelmed right. by the holiness of God. Mm -hmm. uh, I just, I just remember, and I, I physically started trembling, I, and I remember, I remember saying in my head, "Am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired?" Halt! You know, is this psychological? Yes. And I, rem like, I remember, like, physically reacting, and I just knew God was holy, and I was completely overwhelmed. I didn't know what was happening, and then I heard in my mind, John, read Second Chronicles five. And I had no clue what that was. Now, this will tell you how old this was. I had a BlackBerry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what is this ancient technology you speak of? So I had a BlackBerry, and I remember reaching over, and I barely could grab it because I was so overwhelmed. Yes. And I didn't have a paper Bible near me, but I had the U version on it. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I remember sharing this with yes. you. And yeah. I remember going to open it, and it says, you need an update. <laughs> yeah, I remember this. And I heard a voice say, <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> And I was like, what the heaven is going on? Like, I was totally freaked out. So I remember doing this U version. I'm on the ground, right. sort of shaking. And second, I didn't know what Second Chronicles 5 was. Yep. Yes, multiple theological degrees. Yes, I taught all the time, but it's not the way my memory works. <laughs> right. And then I open it, and it's Second Chronicles 5 is the dedication of the Solomon's temple. temple. Yeah. The Holy Spirit shows up in great power, yeah. overwhelms yeah. the priests. Right. And I remember the Lord saying to me, John... Um, I'm going to do this in the church you lead. Yeah. And I was like, what? And then it, uh, just like that, after I heard that, I heard 2 Corinthians, read 2 Corinthians 5, 8 through 10. 
And I was like, I didn't know what that was. Yeah. <laughs> so now the update. So I remember still on the ground trying and going over in 2 Corinthians 5 is where Paul says, you know, um, basically says it's better to... to um, die and be with Christ. Right. Right. But then there's this whole idea that we'll face the judgment seat of Christ right. is the real thing and give account good or bad what we do in the body. And what basically Paul is saying is live like you're literally going to meet him. Yes. And he, and yeah. then I remember uh, the spirit of God saying to me, this will mark, yes. this will be the mark of what I do. Yeah. And then yeah. it stopped. That's right. Yeah. And it was sort of like, yeah, that was weird. And then nothing happened. Right. I, I, I Nothing happened. We, I don't even know if I told you. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I don't even yeah. know if I, I probably told you. I don't know. But nothing happened. And then we were at a, a young adults gathering. Right. And it was, a, I remember, I don't think I was even preaching. It was No, a, you weren't. Because you were sitting at the back. I was sitting in the yeah. back. It was a you normal. You were just kind of taking it all yeah. in. Yeah. And I'd probably preached that morning. Yeah. And it was a normal service. Right. And, uh, and. Then I remember, and I'll just, because I'm recalling it, I was given the promise between that and the adult service, there was a period where the Lord asked me to fast. I fasted and nothing happened. And then I'm sitting in the back at that young adult service and the same heaviness yes. fell in the room. And I remember running to the front right. of our auditorium, <laughs> yes, uh, uh, taking my shoes off, yep. trembling and weeping. And then realizing, as the senior pastor of the church, I'm surrounded by 20-somethings yes. who are all watching me shake on the ground yeah. and weep, and then it starts happening to them. Right. Right. And it was like, what's going on? And then you say to me, <laughs> I've seen this before. Yeah. Yeah. You know, having heard this, and and, and I was there at that service yeah. uh, that night, and, and not sitting with you, I was nope. somewhere else in yep. there, and then seeing all of this, and then when you and I had conversation, I said, oh, I recognize this, John. I, I recognize this, and I recognized it really from two places. I recognized it from my readings. You know that one of my spiritual he heroes is uh, John Hyde, praying right. Hyde. Praying Hyde. And, and, and I read about it in, in his biography and, uh, and how the, the Spirit of God would just descend on them and there was this heaviness and all this. But equally as strong was I remembered it from my days in that church before I was involved in ministry. And what you were describing had all of these markers of this heaviness and, and the holiness of God and the presence of God and, 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 and the weeping and, and even, you know, the, the awareness of personal sin. Yeah. And we're going to talk a lot, gonna talk a lot about that. I'm, just, yeah. I'm assuming in yes. a minute or two. We have to, <laughs> or we're not being honest. But yeah, but I recognize this. It, it was like, you know, when you've experienced something before, maybe, you know, sometimes a smell, they say, can trigger memories yes, right. or a taste of a food or something. For me, on a spiritual sort of dimension, when you explained this and when I witnessed, I was like, oh, I know what this is. Mm. And I remember saying to you, like, John, I, I recognize this. And, and we have to, I, I think I, you either said we have to be really careful or we, you know, we have to just kind of watch ourselves and watch our steps. Yeah. I think you said that. And then you also said, and we have to prepare. It, yes. Um, and, and it's funny because yeah. we both had a sense uh, that something was going to happen, but how do you plan for it? Now, I just want to pause in this yeah. moment and just say, um, again, I think our conviction theologically, our conviction of church history and then out of experience is just like on the Mount of Transfiguration, uh, every time God's going to sovereignly decide to show up, he gives a promise before he does it. Yeah. So I would say in our case, the encounter I had in my living room with the Second Chronicles 5, Second Corinthians yeah. 5 as the senior pastor was right. the, yeah. that's the promise that you now get to contend for. That's right. And, and we had, I mean, we had heard and we'd read about that, that oftentimes, in fact, almost always, that, that there was something like in the New Hebrides, you know, there's, there's a verse that's given, you know, and, and that becomes, yeah, like, like God's sort of covenant for that season with people. Yeah. But then I think the the interesting thing was the marker of what it was going to be what it was, was going, going to be look like, like was was um a very very helpful later on as we'll get into in a yes. minute or two because that really helped us uh in a sense know where God was going with this. Yeah, so you could say uh, God gives the promise that he's going to sovereignly move. Right. And in our case he also gave us the flavor. That's right. Exactly. And, and the flavor was very Christocentric. 
it was very Jesus centric. Yeah. It was very holiness driven. Right. And I remember uh, you and I saying, wow, this is interesting. This is more about the holiness of God than the love of God. Yeah. Because, you know, we, I mean, context is everything, right? Right. Because, you know, regardless of your views, we'd come through a season Mm -hmm. in the Toronto area where where we had where we had laughing where we had falling down where we had barking where we had like there was a whole uh, a whole smorgasbord of things and I and I think um, that for, for us knowing that the holiness of God really mattered in the midst of this and really there was a centralization around the holiness of God and that the markers would look like this I think helped us then a not be afraid yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And B, also to sort of know almost like what, what were the rails that we were running on. Yeah. And just so you catch this, like, uh, of course, Dave's referring to what happened in the vineyard in Toronto. Right. And um, But even outside of that, even uh, beyond yeah. it, some of the fringes off the vineyard, yes. you know, were marked by different things. Totally. And and by the way, we're not making a call on that because no. actually in reflection, there's a lot of stuff that we wondered about, but yeah. there was also some stuff that happened that was very real. Yeah. And maybe later we'll talk about why weird isn't bad and why actually the <laughs> devil and the flesh and God all will share in the same room. Right. Um, but yeah, so that was our, our experience. And then it began to literally spread. Right. It happened to me. Uh, and then stuff started happening to you, yeah. and it started happening to other staff. And we didn't public, like we didn't get up and announce. No, there was no beginning. announcement. We didn't even put up a tent. No, no, we did not. No, no, no smoking <laughs> lights. Yeah, uh, w- nor did we preach on it. Right. at all. Right. And what started striking us was we started watching a pattern of 10, 20, then 100, then hundreds of people yeah. start talking about the nearness of God, yeah. trembling before the presence of God, right. during worship, people physically trembling and not knowing why and not having the category. Right. It just, it just happened. Yeah. And then yeah. as it began to spread, we needed, we started saying we need to clarify. Right. I think one of the other markers, and I don't know if you're going to get to this in a minute or two, and and and... I'm trying to think yeah, of the timeline yeah, in my yeah. head. But there was also this, God was always going ahead too. Correct. Right? That that when we would have conversations, and, with, and whether it be in a service or whether it be at another time, uh, whether it be in the morning or in the evening, because our young adult service was really our kind of place for us to to experiment a little bit sure. and to, to, you know, blur the lines a little bit to allow us, you know, some freedom for innovation. But uh, But God was always working. Like, it was remarkable how many times... We talk with people, and they'd say, "Yeah, God's already been speaking to me about that. Like, God, this is crazy that you're even talking to me, or that someone's preaching, or someone's sharing, or someone's giving a testimony, because God was already at work in behind yeah. the scenes. It was sovereign. Oh, absolutely, hundred percent. Like, just it was like a holy uh, cornering, right? Like yeah. you couldn't invent it, you couldn't write it, you couldn't manipulate it. it was just taking yeah. place. And I think the other thing that might be freeing for a lot of your listeners and watchers, John, to, to hear about this was, and, and this was very much present, you know, with with us, was what you experienced and and how this real profound move of God uh, manifested in in you was completely different th- than than with myself. Correct. And 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 yet, nonetheless, impactful and holy and ho- very much, mm-hmm. you know, holy. And so, you know, so often we look for the same. You know, we had this big marker. You know, the Second Corinthians five was clearly the markers, yeah. but within that, there was so much latitude. <laughs> yeah, right. For for the Lord to actually work, and so not everyone had to to tremble or fall down or, or do any of the sort of expected kind of things. But the Lord was just so gracious, which is the other thing beyond sovereign. I would say the graciousness of, mm-hmm. of God in the midst of this was profound as well. Yeah. And um, I, I, I think, uh, you know, one of the things that probably we don't have time to talk about, but um, we walked through a lot, and actually I ended up putting in convergence because yeah. of it, yeah. is <clears throat> what do you do with something that's not a spiritual gift and what's not a spiritual discipline right. that might happen during renewal that has a <laughs> physiological sort of side to it yeah. when God's closeness yep. happens, what you do with that, because it's not guaranteed, it's not expected, it doesn't make you more spiritual. Right. And if you want to think about it, you can read Convergence, because we actually theologically impact that yes. uh, yeah. in a really, I would say, healthy, conservative, sort of charismatic, sovereign way, Yeah, is the best way. Yeah. Anyway, the point of the podcast today, though, is, okay, <laughs> if God sovereignly says he's going to show up, yeah. and the promise is given, and you start praying into it, how do you actually lead during it? Because you're still... So we still had a church. We yeah. still had staff. Oh. We still had budgets. Yes. We still had to build plans. 
And so um, I think where we need to begin is I, I want to talk about <clears throat> what started happening between you, me, and a woman named Beth, yeah. who was our prayer pastor at the time, yeah. um, and talk about... Um, Let's talk about the undoing of me and and why that mattered to the church. And yeah. not as an egocentric thing, like why it right. theologically sure. mattered and what it looked like. Yeah. I mean, everyone will start at, at, at the thing that everyone knows, and that is, you know, no, no church ever rises above the level of its leadership. Right. Hmm. But then you go, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, crap. So what, what if the Lord wants to now, you know, bring a move that is centered around holiness? Mm-hmm. What, what's the implication now for the leaders and, and for the senior leaders of the church? Right. Well, <laughs> you can expect then that the Lord is looking for holiness. Yeah, judgment starts in the house of God. It, it, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. I mean, we, and, and we quote these things and, and, and we know them, but then they take on this, this dimension now that I think none of us really expect mm-hmm. or, or really have kind of signed up for her in yeah, many ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I, I remember vividly that you and I and Beth started praying. And that was really, um, I would say, as I used to like to say, you know, we, you know, we were sort of convinced that it was happening or we feel uh, a sense of compulsion, yeah, you constrained. know, to, constrained to do this, right? Um, and so, you know, we began to pray. And, and, you know, we had set a time up, you know, to pray a regular time of prayer and in those times of prayer, uh, again, it was amazing. I, I, I would go from working on a strategic plan, working on the staffing budget or some other thing, and we would, we would walk in together to our auditorium, which was kind of the, the place where we chose to meet and really sort of sense the Lord's presence there. And then everything would change. Yeah. And then the presence of God would again fall, and the holiness of God would, would fall. And, and I think what you're alluding to there was... You know, w- without talking any details, but but there were there were times when when uh, you know I know that the hand of God was really heavy on you, and I mean in a convicting sense. Yeah, where uh, I I I have very vivid memories of times of prayer where where you would say the Lord is asking me to to give this up. And and we would say yes, John. Absolutely, there was a confirmation that was immediate in the in the room, and you and you wrestling wrestling it through and saying, but I don't want to, mm-hmm. and I can't give this up. This is who I am. Yeah. And the Lord saying, no, no, no. I, you know, I've made you. you. You're created in my image. You know, and so holiness. And um, man, those were those were like those were the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. No that people saw. don't usually talk about. That no one sees. Mm-hmm. And and I I remember some of them lasting hours. Yeah, so it was a six month period. Yeah, I would say it was the beginning of the renewal. Yes, uh, it was really the beginning. Yes. The young adult thing happened. Yeah, and then just to share this, uh, the the. Um, interestingly, we would be in our offices, yeah. and sometimes it wasn't the appointed time of prayer. Right, and you, Beth, and I would all hear at the same time, get up and pray. And we'd yeah. get up out of our offices and suddenly meet each other. Right. And I remember we used to walk in the auditorium, we'd yeah. take our shoes off. Yes. And we would meet. And I'll, I'll, yeah, the Lord convicted me of sexual sin, of pride, of anger, of unforgiveness, hatred towards other leaders. There was just so much stuff. Politicizing and the pulpit. Politicizing remember that pul- was a yeah, big politicizing one Politicizing the yeah. pulpit, using it as a yes. weapon. Yeah. I remember you saying the phrase, John, use your preaching as a shield, not a sword. Yes. Like just all these... Re- and, yeah. But here's the thing that you're like, yeah, yeah, that sounds like a, an accountability moment. No, no. So <laughs> right. here's how wild it was. We'd be sitting yeah. together not talking. And I would be hearing the Lord saying to me things like, John, you know, you have not forgiven all these people that have left your church and formed another church. Yeah. And the wild thing is you and Beth would be hearing the same thing in your head. Right. That I was hearing in my head and none of us were talking. Yeah. And again, coming from like these... Very conservative backgrounds. Oh yeah, yeah. Baptist, right? Like Brad, this is not Plymouth this Brethren. is not how we operate. No, 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 you know, no kind no, of no. deal. We're much more comfortable with budgets and plans. Yes, and, that's and, right. You know, the Sunday service, gifts. right? Yeah, and teaching yes. gifts. And and yeah, and and the Lord, you know, would would bring these things to mind. And again, but you know, because the holiness of God mattered. But again, it was the graciousness of God, mm-hmm. right? Because you know, if it's just happening to me, and I'll be just, yeah, I could dismiss it for a whole number of reasons. Yeah. But, but the Lord wouldn't allow us actually to escape. And I think the reason the Lord, you know, in reflecting upon it and, and thinking about, you know, talking to you today, I think just because there was so much at stake. So much at stake. Like, the you church. know, pe- the church, 
people got called into ministry and are ministering today as a as a down the road result yeah. from what happened in some of those prayer meetings. Yeah. What what Sanctus became, you know, and and the trajectory that the church went on in many ways was influenced like the the stage was set in some of those times and and if and if we'd if any of us had said no yeah <laughs> different place again different you know well the sovereignty of god <laughs> but um but i think it would have really mattered <laughs> yeah it changed the whole f- i mean personally and you know this Beth yeah. knows this my wife knows this i've never truly been the same from that moment right yeah yeah uh motive and change and heart and rhythm right. and all that yeah. Uh, lots of us actually have never been yeah. the same. But I think also like the literal trajectory of the church. And yeah. when we came off the mountain, sure. uh, back into Romans and politics yeah, and personality, exactly. it's still moving in a very different direction. Yeah. So I think one of the things we want to say is if 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 a renewal takes place or God promises it, you should expect some type of act towards the leaders first. Right. And I just and and that's not predictive, it's just yeah. it's just the way it rolls. Right. Um that's on a personal level. Uh there's been other there you know there was one other time again cuz we're going to go probably beyond our time and we're just going to do it cuz of the topic. <laughs> there was another time where you and I were together in a room. I'll never forget it. We were in the back of a Sunday school classroom. You and I felt compelled to pray. Beth wasn't there. And by the way, we prayed with many other pastors, many yes. other leaders. Yeah, yeah. God showed up in all those times in yeah. very similar ways. Yeah, we can't even talk about staff meetings staff and, and what. Yes, <laughs> I just like, you know, all the, it was just repeated again and again yes. and again. Called into ministry, confession of sin, uh, the presence of God, the understanding of gifts, like just so much. But I remember being in that back classroom and the heaviness of God showed up again. And I remember that was the, that was the, the pinnacle for me of the holiness of God. You were on my right and I remember her. I remember uh, feeling like I needed to die. Yes. Yeah, that you wanted the ground to open up and swallow you, if, if I remember that yeah. right. I, rem- I In my mind, it was like, I need to literally dig. Yes. Because he's just so holy. I'm so sinful. Yeah. And this was months into it by this yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of confession that happened by that point. But I just remember, and I, then I remember my mind seeing seven eyes, and I was like, oh, crap. Like, hey, here going, we go. I'm going crazy. <laughs> Is this demonic? You know, all this. And then I was like, oh, no, no. Like, I remembered the book of Revelation, right, the book of Revelation. Right. And, and just like the overwhelming sense of wanting to die and then feeling absolutely loved at the same time. Yeah. And going, that's Jesus. Yeah. I should die yeah. and I'm loved. Right. And just being changed. Yeah. Like I just... Yeah. And I, you know, like um, I've been a Christian now since I was three, so I have 45 <laughs> years. You've been a Christian for a very long time yourself. Yeah, over 50. And yeah. I don't think I have ever before or since encountered yeah. Jesus that close. Yeah. And and I appreciate your vulnerability with that because I think this is what leaders, because it's primarily leaders that are listening to this. Yeah. Look, this marks you for the rest of your life, yeah, it, folks. Yeah, you, you know, we're going to get to some stuff like the, the move might end, yeah. you know, and because it's sovereign. Yeah. But, but, but um, you know, uh, Jacob was marked. Yeah, he, he, there was limping. Right? <laughs> there was limping. And, and, and yet I would, I would say that you wouldn't want it any other way. No, no. And I said this in the last episode too, and just... Uh, <laughs> There's nothing, I mean, we give our lives to Jesus. You know, he's, the, he's our love. Um, we give up things what we love because he's a greater love. Right. <laughs> yeah. And in, in, if the Lord gives revival, which is not guaranteed, if he does it, you get a taste for a moment for what's coming. Right. And, yes. And um, I think one of the things that uh, happened, yeah, happened then for me. But more, I think a lot of us got homesick <laughs> yeah. for a bit. Yeah. Where we were like, man, like what Paul said, I, I do. It is better to be away from the body than right. home with the Lord. I think that was, I don't think it's as true now. Right. Yeah. But, but when you reflect on it, it, oh, it comes yeah. back, oh, comes yeah, to yeah. the surface. Yeah. And that's what the Lord said in 2 Corinthians 5 yeah. was going to be the marker of this thing. See? A hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent. 
Yeah. And so, I would say, by the way, that yeah. wasn't, I mean, I, I appreciate deeply, you, you know, as a, as, as a leader, you know, and as someone who, who has, you know, uh, a larger audience than, than many, like, I appreciate you sharing that, but that's, but that's true for hundreds of people that went through this. Oh yeah, not just elders, pastors, key volunteers, yeah. guests, visitors who showed oh, up to yeah. church and didn't even know what was going on, walked into a service and like again, what and like weeping, confessing sin. The other day I was listening, I was outside working at my house <laughs> doing something and I had Spotify on and I had the, you know, the 2023 20, worship on and an artist came on. And I and my mind went back to this mm. because that artist came and visited here. Yes. And I remember in the next room to where we're sitting right yeah. now, having profound prayer times with that artist. Yeah, I remember if we're talking about the same one, I think we are. <laughs> her saying, "I said, oh, this isn't normal." Yes. And she said, "Yeah, yeah." And I said, "No, no, <laughs> no." Like I, I know, I know you're well known. I know you. I said. I'm sorry. I sound. I sound sorry. I've, when I said it, I'm like, I'm not trying to be an ass. Like I was trying to say, like I, I'm not being a jerk. But like, if you walk in the auditorium, and she said, okay, and she walked in and she went, oh no, yeah, like he's here. And, and I, we had multiple people say that from outside of our church. All pe- yeah, people yeah. that are of it became you know, a dangerous place. It would. Yes, uh, so interesting. You. That's a great transition. Because on Sundays, we didn't change our services. No. Worship, uh, preaching. Yeah. The the ministry times at the end lingered. Yes, But one of the things that started happening during this move is people would come forward for prayer, which was normative for us. We had prayer teams and their prayer. Yeah. And people would say, would you pray? And actually, we started saying to people, no, are you sure you want us to pray? Right. And they were like, of course. And we were like, no. Yeah. And I remember saying this cadence and not because it was cadence because I, I was literally observing it. I'm like, Jesus is right behind you. If you ask us to pray, yeah, you will be undone. Right. And people are like, yeah, 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 yeah. And we're like, yeah. No. And every time, what would happen, Dave? Right. It, it would happen every time. I, I'm I'm remembering a, a young man who had a, a very public profile and uh and same type of thing. You know, he he had shown up here as a guest a few times and then came and I remember one of those prayer times, and and I, I he was standing in front of you, and I was standing beside you, and and we had this unbelievable sense because he he was wanting, you know, prayer, and and, yeah. and it was like, oh, you, I don't think you fully understand what you might be asked to give up. Mm. And and I remember him wrestling, yeah, wrestling through it in those moments in our context suddenly. The spiritual gift, like words of knowledge, would yes. happen, and people yeah. would be undone. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the the uh, service experiences that I'll never forget the most was in our was actually in a young adult setting in a former nightclub when this was taking place. <laughs> yeah. It was a normal service. You and I happened to be there, and the Holy Spirit descended in great power, and the service was coming to an end. And I actually remember standing up, going, "I don't think it's ending," and and it, there was no like more music, right? <laughs> and, I, and I just remember suddenly standing and young adults physically standing up and running at us yeah. and like just confessing sin, like yelling out their sin. And I remember <sighs> thinking, oh my goodness, we, we look like Catholic priests, like all the pastors just like, boom, <laughs> yeah. confession. Yeah. And um, and this is where some of the weird stuff happened for us because one of yeah. our staff members right. started laughing. Yes, I remember and, that, yeah. Uh, and, I, and he has an interesting, his background was he is... Um, He's an accountant by background. This is not his jam. wasn't our jam. <laughs> you and I were very suspicious of this, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And what was wild is out of the side of my eye, I hear people confessing, I hate my mom, I hate my dad, I'm involved in pornography. I'm So I'm literally hearing the confessions and watching him laugh and going in my head, is this is demonic? Is he okay? Is yes. this right? And then the laughter started right when the confessions began and ended right when the confessions ended. Mm. And I remember sitting with him and going, what was it? He said, I have no clue. Yeah. And of course, we deal with the demonic here. We talk about mental illness here. And I was like, this feels different. And he said, all I can tell you is I felt incredible spiritual joy. Yeah. And it started and ended. Right. And I think it only happened with him twice. It was, yeah, that's and what I remember. it never happened yeah. again. Yeah. And again, that's a spiritual experience, not gift, not discipline. Right. Uh, that we needed to build a third category for. We never taught, now you need to do this, because that's just death. But man, we started learning that weird is not wrong. We have to talk about the source. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you alluded to it in part in the introduction, and that is that 
that any time, you know, I mean, the, the Lord could be powerfully moving, and, and yet, you know, I, I don't have what you would call a, dis, a gift of discernment. Right, yes. And yet there were times when when some things would be happening, and, and it was really clear that this was not of the Lord, it was actually just human origin. Yeah, right. It was someone wanting to fit in, someone wa- yeah, wanted faking recognition. To make it. Yeah, yeah, recognition or whatever. And, and, and yet, and then we found that, that the enemy was all, sometimes in the middle of it too. Yeah. In some pretty profound way. And I think uh, just to, to again, because so many pastors and leaders are listening to this, I, I, can we just dismiss something? Because this drove us crazy. <laughs> if you come from a conservative background, which both Dave and I do, theologically, there's almost this starting point where if God moves powerfully, the room is clean. Yeah. And that's just not true. Right. I mean, I, I reminded people all the time back then, I do it regularly now in different contexts, you know, like... The Israelites, when they were making the golden calf, were literally physically looking at the Shekinah glory of God on the mountain. Right. So the idea that the room is pure (laughs) is not true. What's true is God is in the room, Satan is in the room, and so is flesh. Ananias and Sapphira, the story happens during revival. Right. Right. That's Uh, right, yes. The the racial hatred between Hebraic Jews and Grecian Jews in Acts 6 happens when... Renewal. The church is exploding. Yeah, it's not just normal. So we suddenly went, oh, our category, weird is not wrong. It has to be evaluated. And we should expect flesh and the demonic and God to work. And that's why we have to evaluate even more. It became so significant. Yeah. And and the great thing about God is (laughs) he, he can handle evaluation. Yes. And we have to slow to be willing to do it. Exactly. Right. So take the time and, and you know, put the thinking into it and, and the energy. Like we, we spend a lot of time on this stuff, like time in discussion, time in prayer, time in, you know, what ifs and all those kinds of things. And then even when situations would arise, we, we weren't just like making decisions like that. And what I love about it, you know, because this was pre-convergence as it's known today, yeah. was then how do you employ the spiritual gifts into it? Right. How, how do you right? use discernment, words exactly. of knowledge? Yeah, because administ- I'm like... Administration. Yeah. All these teaching. things suddenly played into it, right? Yeah. I mean, we started obviously teaching at points about yeah. what was happening to get right. clarity. Yes. We came with different expectations on Sundays. Uh-huh. Uh, we postured ourselves before the Lord that if he asked us to give up a plan, we would. Yeah. Yeah. So there was there was sort of like administrative changes. Mm-hmm. Um, there was planning where we were like, if this continues, what do we do? Right. Uh, there was at the same time building budgets. Yeah. At the same time yeah. trying to hire staff. Yeah. Like one was not versus the other. Yeah. I would say one of the things that I think was super significant. I mean, we had a culture of response yeah. that was intentionally built here, but it was kind of normal. It was, you know, communion, come forward, communion, serve communion. We had elder prayer. We had regular prayer, you know, so we had a culture of response and and obviously that got amped up during some yeah. of these times. But here, here's one of the things that I think where I really saw it was, it was the pre-service times. Right. Like they, they went to a level that they they were never sort of there before. Yeah. Uh, that was like everyone who was participating that morning, you know, guys running cameras, uh, women on soundboard, uh, singers, musicians, like the whole gamut of the normal in a large church setting yeah. is an army of people, as most people would understand. Yeah. But but all of a sudden there was there was like the prep time and the spiritual prep time. Because it was this sense that we're going into a time where God, we're fully expecting him to show up and we're focusing on the holiness of God and people are being undone by the holiness of God. And now I'm about to go in and lead them. Yeah. I think I remember you and I, and and sorry, as you're listening to this, Dave and I are speaking about our experience. This happened in multiple places with multiple leaders. Yeah. Lots of people. Uh, You know, but saying to people, you should not go on the stage yet. That's right. Or, yeah, are you fully prepared to go on the stage right now? Yeah. Like, you should take some time. And there was like, yeah, and there was... Yeah. And there was never a take some time because you need to deal with this. It was just take time. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think that gives a flavor of uh, the whole church didn't shut down, right. but the church sure was different. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. was different. And yeah. this lasted... Almost three years. Yeah. It was a long run by many standards. Sure. And and I think, um, just to work this out a little bit more, 
the image that we were given by multiple staff and volunteers was the image of waves. Yes. And that was yeah. that was like <laughs> so helpful to yes. us. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. When, when those, when that imagery was given, you know, we, we could, we could understand that, that, that waves come and, 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 you know, that there's different sizing of the waves and, and there's this, there's this regular frequency of the waves, but, um, you know, some waves crash bigger and, and others like, you know, and so there was all of this imagery that, that was actually really helpful for us because, um, because there's a break in between the waves too. <laughs> yeah. So like uh, there would be a moment where the spirit of God would like crash over the church. Yeah. People would start getting saved. There'd be confession of sin. Spiritual gifts would be lit up. We were praying over people all the time with information we didn't know about. The place was dangerous and then it would stop. Yeah. And we'd go, what did we do wrong? Uh-oh. And then we'd be like, oh, no, no. And so I would say over a period of three years, there was probably four or five big waves. Big waves, yes. And we, were, yeah. and then every time the wave came in, we just said to the church and staff, we're adjusting. Yeah, that's and when, right. when the wave ended, we went, <laughs> we're going back to normal. Yeah, yeah. And that caused, I think, tension. Oh, of course. On the yeah. staff, because yeah. how do you build? How do you right. plan? right. right. And it's it's like you teach on on the spiritual gifts, and and as you've you know written about this, there's gift tension. <laughs> yes. So in in this case, there was there was uh, tension, the same kind of tension around the experiences. So like in convergence, right? So you've got the spiritual gifts. We've got gift tension. We have mm-hmm. we have some similar and some very not similar. Gifts, yes, we do. Right. Um, and then uh, same thing on the disciplines. There are some that you would gravitate yeah. way more than I would. Yes. Right. And then, but then also on the experiences, mm-hmm. th- there's tension there too, because, you know, the Lord will use someone or use a group of people, you know, profoundly in a way, and then others. And it, and I, rem- I remember us wrestling through, it was a thing to wrestle through. We had a policy governance type of structure. That, yeah. And some people have gone, you just went from revival to policy governance. How did you even do that? Because that's how we roll. <laughs> because that's how we had to roll. Yeah, exactly. And, and one of the things that policy governance does really well is you know where you fit in the staffing hierarchy and you know who can go to whom right. and those kinds of things, because otherwise chaos ensues. Right. But now suddenly the Lord's moving. Right. And the Lord moves in someone who is not at the same level in the structural organization. So now what do you do with that? Yeah, yeah, what's the difference between <laughs> gift, role and unique experience? Exactly, right? And and it it took a great, you know, I I think it took humility. Yeah, it did. But it, I think, yeah. you know, kudos to some of our younger and less experienced staff. They were they were able to go with that and still be mature enough to know that when I go back to my office and now I'm doing my regular thing, I don't have suddenly license. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not suddenly the co-senior pastor because the Lord just used me in some profound way. No, I'm, I'm, I'm still the youth pastor, the assistant children's ministries pastor, and I need to operate within that, right? Yeah. So you have the organizational tension, yes. then you have the ongoing, we have to give up time. I mean, again, think about this. You said this just sort of you know, passing, but like <laughs> sometimes the Lord would tell us to pray four hours. Yes. And then I'm like, I still have to write a sermon, <laughs> right? Like what? And, yeah. and the idea, well, he'll just give it to you, isn't necessarily true. No. You know, budgets do not supernaturally appear. Yeah, that's right. Um, or, you know, all that that's stuff. Right. I sense a number. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it doesn't fly. It doesn't at fly. At annual meetings. Especially <laughs> since he has the gift of faith. He sensed very large numbers. And I, yeah, anyway, no, like, I, I think that gives you a sense. I, I think the big thing maybe um, for us to end is let's talk about something I don't hear anyone talk about. Okay. Let's talk about... <laughs> Grief. Yeah. Yeah. So the, it ends. There's such grief to this. Yep. And it's funny, you know, you you and I read a lot of church history, and it's easy to read a book or read scripture <sighs> without the emotive toll. So um, it's, you know, interesting. Asbury takes place in the last year and a bit, yeah. thank God. And yeah. like amazing and yep. so thankful to see. Uh, a sovereign work of God in in a different generation, and but I, as I watched it from a distance, I didn't go. A lot of my friends, you know, went. I didn't go. <laughs> Some of my friends were deeply changed there. I I remember thinking in the back of my head, I wonder if they're preparing for the end. Yeah, and not in some downer. <laughs> you know, it was sort of like, do they know that 
they look up and Jesus is transfigured and they look up again and it's normal again. Yeah, that's and, right. And I remember you and I and others could tell the Lord was preparing to be done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the most distinct, wild, weird memories, some people are going to write me off now. Uh, well, if they haven't written us off already. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. Uh, we're, you have nothing but, to lose. <laughs> uh, no, I have nothing to lose. I haven't for a long time. But uh, I remember it, to use... To use um, uh, physical language. It was like he was drawing away. Right. And yes. again, just to clarify theologically, we know that every time we gather, <laughs> yes. Jesus is present. We're all baptized in the spirit at conversion. I mean, we're we're Baptists. We're reform on this one, right? Yeah. Like, yep. Of course, we're two or three Christians gathered. Omnipresence. Omnipresence. Yeah, all, all of, of it. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. But it was like it was like he was leaving. Yeah. And I remember at one of the points I said to him, Don't leave. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was one. I also remember a humorous moment where I said, well, where are you going? (laughs) And he said, China. (laughs) And I remembered laughing because I was like, oh, right. Like, we have 80 million brothers and sisters over there. And that's not saying he was leaving me or our church, but it was like, it almost felt he's sovereignly like, I have a different thing to do now. But can we just talk about the... What was it like when it stopped? Right. What was it like for you? What was it like on staff? Like, what happened? Yeah, well, I mean, you've mentioned the grief. Uh, and, and I think, you know, you go from times where expectation level is so high because and, of the... And, pro- and God-given. And, and God-given, yeah, right? And, and also, you know, you, you didn't have to wait five years, <laughs> you know, to see the end of your plan come to fulfillment. Yeah. It would be like, hey, now, listen, we have now. a sense that God's going to do this this yeah. weekend. We lean into it in prayer. We do all our preparation. And then God shows up and does it. And we, and we, and you know, to quote the book, it's marvelous in our eyes. Yeah, totally. Now, all of a sudden, you're dealing with, no, we're sort of back to what was normal before this. Yeah. And so there's there's certainly a, a grief element to it right away. And, and I think there's a... You know, we wouldn't be honest leaders if we if we didn't say, is there something that I've done? Yeah, we ask the question, because again, <laughs> right. in a lot of revival language, if you grieve the Spirit, you know, He leaves. Yeah, you're just done. You're done. And, <laughs> and of course, that's true in Ephesians in one way. Yeah. But I mean, again, again, if a genuine move of God is taking place and everyone says, we're just all going to sit. I can... Yes. Yeah, yeah. But... This just sovereignly ended. Yeah, it, it did. And again, the Lord was gracious because, you know, we had warning. We did. and I th- Didn't make it easier. No, it <laughs> didn't. And I think, you know, back to the transfiguration, when God sovereignly ends it, the question you need, now need to ask as a leader, what was seated in the moment for right. the long run? What was seated in me that five or seven years from now is going to help me keep persevering? Right. How many people were called into ministry? That's one of the craziest. The amount right. of people that are now running churches, yeah. running ministries, uh, are doing things for the kingdom around the world from that season is right. like exponential. Right, right. And, and not just in our tribe. Yeah, in exactly. all the oh, tribes. Oh, right, exactly. And and let's, you know, again, you know, let's be personal mm-hmm. on this. You know, in the in the midst of that, you and I were chatting before we started this. In the midst of all of that, the Lord the Lord said some things to me and yeah, and put some things in my life and in my heart. That ultimately led to me leaving what I think many people would say would be a dream job. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, leaving us. I here. mean, you and I worked together for 12 years and the relationship was good. It and, was and, good. And, and we saw a lot, the Lord do lots. So we had lots to be happy about. And I was in many people's eyes, you know, coming to kind of the, the last season where I could, where I could just, you know, ride out this season in, in on a real high. Yeah. Uh, and, and the Lord said, no. Yeah, no. And no, there's something else that I'm calling you to now. It's interesting. We we talk about the book of Acts, the Church of Antioch being cultural vision for us here. Yeah, and yeah. in that moment, which again has very revivalistic tendencies, right. while they were fasting and praying, praying the yeah, Holy Spirit yeah. spoke and said to Barnabas and um, Saul, yeah. leave. Yes. And we've always said <laughs> that is such a critical, non-controlling posture right for leaders and and I think that was a, a, a exacerbated during the move of right. God and and I, I remember when we when I remember vividly you sharing this I think we did a talk together one time with the yeah. congregation when we talked about Acts chapter 13 yeah. the reference and 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 we said and and you said like please 
They didn't, the Holy Spirit didn't say, hey, Paul and Barnabas, why don't you find a couple of people that you've been mentoring for a while no, and no. send them? He said, no, 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 no. The most prob- anointed. Yeah, they're probably the two prominent leaders right. in the movement at that time. You go. <laughs> yeah, the best shepherd and the best leader and right. the best theologian and the most anointed. Yes. You're leaving the mo- first multicultural revivalist experience in right. church history. Because I have something else. Yeah. Right, and so I think like yeah. one of the things, the grief that is, I just maybe will end with this: if you if you are going through a move of God or preparing for one, have the conversation now about how you're going to grieve well later. Right, the actual stages of grief. Yeah, did we sin? Yeah. I'm angry. This yeah, because the disciples were upset when they went down the mountain. Correct. Back yeah. to not being able to cast out demons and <laughs> Romans and yeah. Pharisees. Uh, but really, ask the question: What did the Lord? Um, plant that actually is going to perpetuate things long term. Yeah, stewardship is 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 right. That's that's the the critical issue here. What what has God done in us right. and through us that now we steward either for the rest of our lives, yeah, for a next generation, yeah, for a new group of leaders, for a new location, right? All, right. I mean, and, and and He is the Lord of this thing. So yeah. he gets to decide sovereignly, yeah, not he, us. Yeah, and I think yeah. I think uh, we want to set some of you free from the intense, almost spiritual legalism. If you contend it happens, and right. if it doesn't happen, what did I do wrong? Right, right. I think on the other hand, we want to help some of you talk about while you did have renewal personally, maybe or yeah. experienced a revival or part of awakening. Yeah. yeah, and you've never processed the grief. You yeah. should. Yeah. Yeah, you should do that. I think it was helpful for us. You remember when, when you asked me to share about that, my pre-pastoral yeah. days. That yeah. that that move lasted for several months, and then it ended very abruptly. And we went through all of these, but we had no frame of reference. We yeah, had no one to right. post it with. And then I remember it became really clear what happened was those sixty people who got saved in a church of one hundred and twenty. Now the church is you know fifty percent larger. Yeah, we. I remember the Lord saying to us in that time. Oh, this is good. Yeah, like, I really care about my babies. Right. And you're not structured to handle them. See, we, we didn't have any structure. We, we didn't have small groups. We didn't do, We were just doing church on Sunday and a few of us praying, and we were yeah. doing midweek kids ministry. And all of a sudden, all these people came to Christ, and we couldn't handle We couldn't disciple them. Yeah, you used, used to use the phrase, uh, the nursery isn't big enough, and right. it's not prepared. Exactly. And so what... What's so wonderful about it is what I experienced those years before, as soon as things started happening to you, that's one of the first things I said to you, we need to prepare for this thing. Because I didn't want to repeat the history. Right, right. And right? we did do structural stuff. Oh, we did a lot of structural stuff. So so is that why one was two or three months long and one was three years long? I don't know. Yeah, I don't Sovereignty know of God. But I, but I will say this, we didn't make the mistake. We didn't repeat the mistake of not being able to handle what God did. I mean, we were in a church that grew dramatically during that season. Oh, yeah. So we <laughs> yeah, we didn't say this. I mean, our church was, I think the stats were like 17, 19% a year. Yeah. Like it was it, huge. It was. And I mean, we yeah. were a church in getting near the thousands at that point yeah. and then yeah. exponentially yeah, grew. Exactly. Yeah. And I would say even the roots of like the thing we had prayed about of multiculturalism started in that moment. Uh-huh. The yeah. Real understanding of gifts, though different than revival, got embedded at that moment. Disciplines yeah. got embedded in that moment. Yeah. yeah. The vision to reach more people got embedded in that moment. Like there's yeah. just so much in the yeah. church now today, post COVID, five locations, still 3,700 plus people now here. Uh, so much of the DNA was solidified during that move. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Even though not um, a lot of the DNA is not revivalistic. We're not interesting. I was preaching this a few weeks ago where I was, uh, we're preaching through Acts. And I actually said to the church uh, in Acts 4, 5, 6, we were going through it. And I said, oh, this is a revival text. I said, we are not experiencing this. Yeah. And a, a former staff <laughs> member actually came back that Sunday hmm. and said, oh, how interesting to hear you preach um, that. And we're not in that place anymore. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't get up and say, so let's all pray again for it. No, it's still good. I actually said, <laughs> so what do we learn now we're not in that yeah. thing? Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I, maybe just last thought here is uh, don't use yesterday's manna. Right, that's right. Uh, we used to say that all the time. It's going to go right? rotten. Yeah. And so just to say, like, if you've had a renewal or revival... Don't try replicating the experiences. Yeah. Uh, do not try <laughs> to do it longer or harder. Um, if it ends, accept the ending as grace. Yeah. Uh, 
thank God for it. And I think maybe the, the appropriate cherry on the top is, it is never wrong to say to the Lord, would you like to do this again? Yeah. And, yeah. and if it happens again, if he says yes, he'll probably <laughs> give you a promise again. But I would expect the flavor to look yeah. different. Yeah, different. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's just a, a yeah. freeing uh, thing. Yeah, Anything, sure. last things you want to say, Dave? No. Um, can I pray for your listeners? Yeah. Million yeah, percent. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, Lord, yeah, just have this kind of sense that um, there are people watching and listening mm -hmm. that you're going to use yeah. in real moves of renewal and revival, and please send awakening, Lord. Yes, Lord. Uh, and uh, God, I pray that some of the things that you so graciously taught us and allowed us to experience will help our brothers and sisters as they steward what you're going to give to them and take them through. And so we pray, Lord, um, for uh, those who are listening, that, Lord God, you would use them powerfully in a great move of your spirit and that you would pour out your spirit in new and profound ways amongst your people and that uh, we would see you move uh, just in incredible ways and that in all of that, Lord, you would receive all of the honor, all of the glory, and all of the praise because only you are worthy. And so would you do this, as we used to pray around here, for, uh, for our freedom and for your glory and so that the world will see Jesus really clearly. Yeah. In his name, amen. Amen. Thanks, Dave, for being here. Great to see you again. I want to thank all of you for watching or listening to this episode. Look forward to having you back uh, as we talk about all sorts of other things. We made one reference calling theology and how that's critical to perseverance connected to this and actually totally separate from this yeah. too. So thanks everyone. We'll see you in the next episode.